Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer. Welcome to Hustle Class Podcast. It is your boy Jermaine, and I am back at it again with another one. We are blessed to be here with you. We are blessed to receive the words that we're going to receive today. You know, we're excited. We're about to get it on. We're about to keep talking real estate. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I see y'all all across the world. Thank you for tuning in. Australia, UK, Canada, Africa. Let's go. I see all y'all out there supporting the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Great. So let's get this ball rolling. So today, what we're going to start with is, you know, our song, and our song today is Mr. Midnight by Larry June, right? Larry June is a really nice artist, gets into a lot of empowerment in his, um, in his raps. So the bars go like this. It was days when I didn't have much, but I'm thankful because it made me humble. It was days when I didn't have much, but I'm thankful because it made me humble. I know a lot of us have been through a lot of tough times where we felt like we were just struggling to make ends meet or we just didn't really have enough um, resources to really execute the way we wanted to or we didn't have the knowledge base to really get ourselves out of tough situations, right? So we remember those days when we didn't have anything, you know, when we were downtrodden, when we were down and out, when we were written off. And, you know, we remember those days when we didn't have much, but we thankful. Why? It made us humble. It gave us a perspective of the struggle, right? It gave us that street, spark, that street smartness that we could use to elevate in corporate spaces or in business or entrepreneurial spaces, right? We kind of learned from the struggle, right? It groomed us. It made us who we are today, and there's beauty in that struggle, you know? And the people that we went through it with are people who are going to be with us forever because they understand us like nobody else. Right. So we're thankful because it made us humble. Right. Harboring on the past is not going to do us any good unless all we're taking from it is lessons. So we have to take those lessons with a grain of salt and we apply them to our lives. Right. Humility. Right. Humility and pride. Interesting concepts. One might call them paradoxes. Right. But here we are. So I have the uh, the bars and I gave it to y'all. So y'all take that and y'all utilize it and keep it right. So now we're about to get into our real estate talk, right? So last last week we had a lot of great conversation. We really got into it in our real estate bag about, you know, the process of getting started um, looking for a crib, looking for a home, right? And like I said, the topic, though, it's, you know, seemingly um, big and it's, you know, very American based because this is home buying within the context of the United States. I feel like it can be applied across the board. I know we have listeners from all over the world, but I know that this same knowledge can be applied because, you know, it's probably going to be similar topics and similar processes in terms of actually getting yourself, you know, home ownership. So just a recap of what we talked about, right? Last week we talked about, um, you know, thinking about a home and like, okay, like, can you actually afford one, right? And then what that kind of looks like. And so 
can you afford the home, right? We talked about the fact that you might need 10% down, right? Not 10% down on the home, but 10% as a working range for more than just your down payment because you have a down payment, you have closing costs, and you have other fees. We talked about making sure your credit is good, right? Because your credit is going to be the difference between you getting a good rate and a bad rate, right? So you got to make sure your credit is great. Um, another thing that you have to think about is fixing your credit if it's not good. After that, like we said, you have to hit that 10%, right, that we discussed. So now how do we actually, you know, make, you know, make uh, that goal of hitting that 10,000, um, I said 10,000, that 10%, right, where f for a $300,000 home, that would be 30K. For a $400,000 home, that would be 40K. How do we make sure we have that, that money for that home, right? And so you're going to have to budget, you're going to have to save, you're going to have to liquidate some of your assets, you're going to have to do what it takes to make sure that you have that money ready for you to be able to get that home, right? And so we talked about that, saving and budgeting for it. And then we also talked about mortgages and like finding a lender that you can trust, you know, so you can get um, that mortgage that you're looking for, right? So that was the part one, right? Now we're getting into part two right what to look for in a home that's where we're going to start it so once when you're looking for something um uh, when you're looking for you know good things uh, in a home that's quality right you might think oh a place that looks cool on the inside it looks cool on the outside and i'm good to go like as long as my home looks great and it's not too far from work or it's in an area that i like cool right so let's get into it right one good thing to consider about a home is the neighborhood right we talked about where you might want the home to be, right? It's a cool place. It's a cool location, right? One good thing to look at when you're thinking about, um, you know, the location and the neighborhood is how much crime is in that area, right? So you want to make sure you look at um, how much crime is in the area because you don't want to have a situation where you're living in a place where you have to look over your shoulder, right? You probably want somewhere where you're going to be comfortable, where you're going to, um, you know, be confident in being able to do your daily activities without, you know, having... Um, you know, fear as a part of your daily routine, right? Distance to work is a good one, right? You know, these days a lot of people work from home, so this might not be a factor for many, but distance to work is still pretty important because, you know, you don't want to have, some people might want to have a long commute to work. Some people love being in the car listening to um, an audiobook or a podcast or the radio before they get to work, but some people might not want to make that hour-long drive. Some people might want to have a 15 a 5 to 15 minute drive to work so people might want to be able to just take a bus to work right so you might want your distance to work to be a considering factor in the home um, that you decide to go with right schools one thing about schools right people say okay like if you don't have any kids it doesn't really matter about what the schools look like in the area cool but some people are going to have schools one day and um, sometimes the schools in the area can also be a big factor in the appreciation of your home why if a lot of people are buying homes in your area because the school system there is just that excellent that's going to drive the price up of your home and it's going to give you more equity so looking at schools in the area is definitely important shopping right shopping is another thing you want to make sure that you're near some sort of grocery state some sort of grocery store some sort of um you know plaza or like a mall so that you can have access to the things that you might need on a daily basis right you know like groceries or even like getting clothes and stuff like that you know i mean it's cool to you know drive a distance to the mall but if the mall is 15 to 20 minutes away you know because of the location of the home that's not bad a mall or a shopping center um, or grocery stores are also a driving factor in people moving into that area so it should also increase the um you know the the traffic that you would get if people were looking at moving and purchasing your home in that area right so it's also going to drive the price of your home up 
Okay, and now, you know, you also want to consider the sales price of the home, right? You want to make sure it's in budget. Like I said, we're talking about maybe having 10%, right, um, for the home. So, you know, like I said, if you have like a $300,000 home, having $30,000 ready is probably ideal. $400,000 home, having $40,000 is ideal and ready. But, you know, circumstances are going to be different for whatever case the case is. So you want to make sure that the sales price reflects something that you can actually um, accomplish because you would hate to have a situation where you can't afford your mortgage on a month-to-month or to have a situation where you actually aren't in aren't able to close because you couldn't come up with as much money as it takes for the home to actually be bought once all the paperwork is done and they and they evaluate your finances, right? So you want to make sure that you're good on that front. And then you want to think about the size and the space of the home, right? Do you want three floors? Do you want bathrooms? How many bathrooms? Do you want a guest bathroom on the main floor that everybody's going to be on? Do you want, um, you know, a patio? Do you want a, a deck or balcony? Do you want um, a fence around it? Like, how big do you want your home to be, right? How big do you want the outside to be? Do you want a yard? Do you want a, a, a large lot? Do you want parking spaces? Like, do you want a driveway? Like, these are so many different things that you have to consider when you're thinking about your home. And once you have these criteria, they could kind of figure out, okay, where exactly do I want to live, right? Because you'll be looking for home with those with those traits. But having those traits set in stone already when you're looking at your home is very important because, you know, it's going to kind of guide your process a little better. So you're not kind of, so you don't miss out on the home of your dreams or you don't end up getting a home that you didn't really like, right? So that's good condition of electrical plumbing and heating systems this is very important right you want to make sure that the roof has been replaced recently or or it's not due for a while or like you get that done you want to make sure like your electricals are good your plumbing is good toilets are flushing the way they need to the water pressures are good everywhere in the house you want to make sure your house um the ventilation in there is good you know you don't want all that pollen and all that dust in your air duct systems you want to make sure the heating system is good you you, you would hate to have a situation where you can't heat your house during the winter right so you want to make sure that's also good and squared away so there's a lot to think about when it comes to looking um at a home and what you want in that home and also what you want about your home which is like the area you know like we said neighborhood distance to work schools shopping centers things of that nature um so you know there's a lot to kind of break down but this should basically let you know like getting a home is not like it's not a quick process you know it's not like oh i want to get a home cop the crib it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, what do I, what am I really looking for? You know, what am I really looking for in this home? What's the purpose? You know, if you're trying to house hack, for example, one cool thing I saw with some of the homes is like, you know, there's a master bedroom with the bathrooms in it, but then you have situations where um, the bathrooms on the other floors are shared bathrooms between multiple rooms, right? So that's going to be cheaper than having bathrooms in each specific room, but you still get to, you know, have two separate rooms sharing one bathroom it's kind of like you know you kill two birds with one stone instead of you having to get an extra bathroom in an extra bedroom <laughs> you can have a bathroom that's split between two rooms right but still have a master bedroom with its own uh, bathroom and that can reflect in the price right so if i'm trying to rent out that space i might be able to rent the rooms in the middle for a lower price but that master bedroom i could rent it for more why because the bathroom's included inside of it so it's an extra incentive for somebody to actually you know want to live in your space because they'll get the master option but if they don't really need it they can still do the other option so it brings that flexibility so that's something i was looking at in a, in a home but you know, you definitely should think about what you want in your home when it comes to you actually going about that process of trying to get one, right? 
great. Now you're going to have to find a, find a real estate agent, right? Now you can find a real estate agent by looking up the properties and reaching out to the to the real estate agents who posted the properties themselves. But, you know, I would always recommend kind of like always using the people you know. Somebody you know has a real estate agent who helped them recently, and, you know, they can give you the real spill on and good faith on how that person actually works, and, you know, that person can have that relationship with you, so they're not going to do you dirty because they've helped somebody who referred them to you, right? So it's kind of like that family or that, like, camaraderie aspect of it um, rather than choosing a random real estate agent, right? To have somebody who, you know, you can already have that innate trust with or that you kind of trust, right? Because this is, um, you want to know everything about your process. You want to make sure everything goes smoothly. You want to make sure the person you're working with is, um, you know, is solid and is there for you and has every has your best interest at heart in all aspects of it, right? So you want to make sure you find a good real estate agent. Um, you know, you can also go to open houses to find real estate agents. Um, and if somebody has recently worked with um, an agent, but you might not like that agent, you can still contact their firm and see if they can find an agent that more fits what you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, the, the agent is going to help you, um, you know, to buy your home. Um, they're going to work directly for you, um, the home buyer, and they're going to represent your interests. And then the seller of the home is also going to have their real estate agent. So basically, the two real estate agents are going to be communicating with each other to make sure the deal goes through. Right. So that's good. You're going to make sure you have a real estate agent. And then you're also going to want to make sure that you have um, you have the real estate agent and you come up with a great offer for the home. Usually a lot of times homes end up having situations where multiple people are offering um, bids for the home. So what that looks like is, you know, I would say, okay, let's say, let's do hustle class A, hustle class B, and hustle class C. Hustle class A says, oh, I'll buy that home from you for like 350000 The hustle class B says, I'll make it 360000 and I'll make sure if 50% of it is in cash. And then hustle class C might say, you know what? I'll make it 370000 and it'll all be in cash, right? Instead of a, you know, like a loan from the bank. So these are all different ways that, um, you know, people um, try to like bid for homes um, that they're trying to close on and stuff like that. So with that being said, you know, you're going to ha probably have to make an offer on a home um, sometimes, right? In the, in the world of like house hacking and like real estate as an investment, um, people can come to you with deals. Um, where it's like, hey, like I'll I'll sell you this home for this price below market if these things are in order. Or I'll sell you this home for this price if these things are in order. You also have wholesalers who can come up to you and say, hey, I have a deal on a home. You know, you can do this and do that, and I'll make sure the deal goes through. And so there's different ways to make offers on homes, but some of the things that you want to make sure you consider once you figure out the home that you want is like, okay, like what are the taxes going to be? Because you know you're going to have to pay property taxes and taxes on like the actual like purchase of the home. And you're also going to have to figure out, like, um, you know, other things that you might need once the home is bought, right? Because you're going to have to make an offer on a house at a reasonable price where you feel comfortable. But depending on whether the home is new or old, you might still have to have painting done or on the inside of the home and on the outside of the home. You might need to have the house cleaned. You might need to have the house, uh, like the bathrooms and stuff, whitened a little bit, right? You might need to have some gardening work. 
You might need some plumbing. You might need some roofing. You might need some gutter work. You might need to clear out the air ducts, right, of dust, pollen, bugs, all of that. You might need the chimneys cleared, right? So there's a lot of other costs associated with the home that might not go into the actual price of the house. So you have to make sure that when you're making an offer for the home, you consider the state of the home so that you can also figure out the other costs that you might need to come up with money for for that home. So, you know, you have to make sure that you're looking at all of that. So questions you want to ask yourself, how much can you afford? How badly do you want the house? How many other buyers are interested? Because that could raise the prices. Like I said, with multiple bidders, they, it might get competitive. People might be willing to pay more than the house is worth for it. How motivated do you think the seller is? How motivated do you think the person who's looking to sell the home is willing to give it to you under the circumstances that you want them on, right? How much work needs to be done in the house? We talked about that. How much work do we really need to get done after we buy the house? And you also want to make sure you're comparing, right? There's something called comps. You want to make sure that you're, prepared, you're comparing the price that you're buying the home to the prices of the other homes in the area. Because the last thing you want to do is really overpay for the home. Because if you overpay for the home, that means if you do want to sell one day, people know that they can get the same home that you have for cheaper three or four doors down. Five, five doors down. And if your house isn't remarkably that different than the other home, it might not be an opportunity where people would look to buy yours because they just feel like it's outpriced. It's not priced right, right? So you want to make sure that you're comparing the property to the other ones in the area and that you really are paying a good price for what you're getting and you're not overpaying or you're not buying a home that's beyond repair, right? And like, why is, how come all the homes in this area are 340,000, but you're selling it to me for 300,000? Like, what is really wrong with this house, right? Stuff like that. So you wanna make sure that, you know, it's priced right. It's priced accurately, basically, right? So that's something that we're gonna think about. And then, you know, you wanna make sure that um, when you're actually gonna make the offer on the home, you do things like getting a compare, getting a comparison or getting an appraisal. An appraisal is where somebody comes in and actually assesses the value of the home based on the other prices of the homes, right, in the area. Appraisals can roughly be anywhere between like $300 and $800. Um, so, you know, you can find somebody to get you an appraisal, um, you know, an appraisal expert. You can ask your loan officer or your real estate agent. They could probably find you somebody to get you an appraisal and they can make that happen. And then you might also want to get a home inspection, right, for the home, just to make sure it's exactly what you want. You might want the term, termite inspection, you know what I'm saying, for the bugs. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you might want to do. And, you know, you're also going to have to make sure that you have an earnest money deposit ready for the home. That's going to be um, about 1% of the home's value, I think, is what you're going to need for the earnest money deposit. And the earnest money deposit is also known as a good faith check, which is basically you saying that you're serious about your offer for the home. And if you end up not getting the home, that money is going to be returned to you with none of it taken out. So, but that's just kind of like a, hey, I really do like this home and I really am trying to move forward with purchasing it. So you'll do that. And, you know, if things are competitive, you might need to actually have counter offers. That's something to consider. You might actually need that to happen. Right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of um, a lot of the stuff that you're going to be dealing with when it comes to the home. And then you're going to want to make sure that um, we talked already about the different types of mortgages, right? So you're going to have there's VA, which is offered for, um, you know, U.S. Armed Forces and veterans. So there's the VA loan, which is really good for them. If you, if you do happen to be Armed Forces or um, a veteran, please definitely get a VA loan. 
if you want to get a mortgage. Um, and then we have the FHA loan, which is going to be um, less than 10% down. Um, and you're probably going to have to have um, over 50 years, over 15 years um, as your um, target for your um, mortgage. And then there's going to be like um, more like private loans, you know, more like um, the conventional type of ones, which you'll probably need more money down, more than 10%. Um, but there are conventional loans where they can make it so that you have to have less money down, um, basically. So you can still get a great interest rate with not as much money down, right? Um, so, yeah. And we already talked about that last week, so we don't even have to do that. But with the mortgage, you're going to need to get pre-approved, and then you're going to need to get your credit ran and actually, you know, get an approval. And so um, that's going to be that. And, um, you know, it, the, the process can kind of get convoluted, right? Because let's assess everything we've talked about right now. So you're going to start out looking for your home. You're going to get a loan officer who's going to pre-approve you for a home that you're looking at and the price you're looking at it for. He's going to pre-approve you to see if you can actually afford homes in that price range, right? Once you get that pre-approval, then you kind of know what you're looking at. Now you're, now you're going to start uh, assessing what you want out of a home. Like we said, the school, the area, the actual perks of the home, how much home, how much work the home might need, the area that the home is in, um, the year the home was made, you know, the roofing of the home when it was replaced whether it uses gas, electric, you know, all that type of stuff. Once you kind of look into that, you're going to reach out to a, a real estate agent. You're going to tell the real estate agent what you want, right? Once you tell the real estate agent what you want, then you're going to kind of be able to um, get a picture with them of, okay, what, what what's out in the market that matches what you want. Now the real estate agent can actually follow leads and figure out, okay, Based on what, you know, Jermaine said he wants, how do I make this happen? And I'm still looking at my end, too, so now I have double the research. The real estate agent and I come up with something cool. We reach out to the seller. The seller says, oh, yeah, we could do this. I'm, I'm down to do this deal. We assess how many offers there are to see if we have to do anything to make our, to make our offer more competitive as one that the seller might take. Um, and then once we figure out we could do the deal, it's like, okay, we can do it. Now we go back to the loan officer. The loan officer um um, drafts up, um, you know, what kind of the numbers are going to be as an estimate for if things go through. The real estate agent is going to come up with a contract, and then we're going to have the contracts for both parties. Then we're going to get the contract to the loan officer so the loan officer can process the loan that we're going to use to actually purchase the home. And then after that, we're going to involve the title company. You're going to have to get mortgage insurance. You're going to have to get home insurance. You're going to have to have conversations with the homeowners association for the neighborhood you're moving to, um, you know. And then these are all things that are going to be pending after, you know, your contract is done and everything is getting, you know, leading up to closing. Because closing is going to be that day where you actually sign all your documents and transfer ownership of the home over, over from the seller to you, the buyer. And so it's a lot, right? It's a lot that we've kind of gone through today, but that is getting a home in a nutshell. Um, so, you know, it's um, it's a long process, like I said, <laughs> and it leads all the way to closing um, from the moment where you're actually looking for the home. And it gets way more complicated than what I than what I've discussed in this. But this should give you a big picture of everything that kind of goes into um, getting a home. Now, when you're getting a home, you can get a home that needs to be, you know, a fixer upper, um, or you can get a home that's brand new. Um, whatever floats your boat um, is fine. 
But like I said, the most important thing is making sure that you can actually afford the home you're buying. You want to make sure you're making the mortgage payments on time. Um, there's a hack where basically if you um, make your mortgage payments, right, every month you pay your principal and your interest. If you send an extra check for just the principal um, every month, um, you can cut your 30-year term fixed rate mortgage to 15-year, right? So you can literally cut from 30 years to 15 years if you just pay the extra principal every single month and make sure that when you write the check or you pay it to um, your lender or whoever they hand off your mortgage to to collect your money, you make sure that you let them know that that extra money you're sending is going specifically to principal and no interest. And, you know, basically every time you pay off that principal, right, every month, that's principal that you don't have to gain interest or accrue interest on, right? Because that principal is basically vanished because you paid it. Cool, right? But interest is something that just keeps compounding and keeps multiplying over time. I know it's annoying. It's annoying when it's working the other way, right, as taxing to you. But when it comes to you actually using interest in your benefit, it's a whole different story. Um, yeah, and then once you d are done closing on the home, like I said, if you have, like, an older home um, and you closed on it, um, you might need to do some extra work, right? Um, for example, I know a guy who closed on a home, and um, the people who were in it um, were looking for a deal, right? So they ended up saying, okay, we, we want this deal. We want to get out of the home. So basically, we're going to sell you the home. But when we sell you the home, we don't want to do any work on the home. And we'll give you extra money for you to paint the home. But that's all we're going to do. So we'll sell it to you at a discount. And we'll give you money to paint it. But literally, all we're going to do is just move out. Like, you just take the home. Like, we don't want to do any of the work on it ourselves. We don't want to do any of the maintenance on the home. We don't want to do anything on, on the yard. We don't want to fix the roof. We don't want to do anything. We want to give you this home, give you money to do the painting, and just leave. And then my friend was like, oh, all right, I'll do it. I'll take the deal. Because, you know, he loves the deal. So he took the deal, right? And basically what ended up happening was he got a deal on the home, cool, but now he had to spend money to paint the whole inside. He had to spend money to clean the whole home. He had to spend money to um, uh, to do gardening work, to make sure the garden was good. Um, he had to get the carpet replaced in the home, right? Because the carpet was a little old. He had to get the um, the chimneys cleaned out. He had to get the air duct cleaned out. So he had so much to do in the home. If you ask me, he might have, I mean, with everything that, you know, he was saying that he had to do, if I'm an estimating person, he might have spent an extra eight to 10000 on the home, right? An extra eight to ten, And that might be an exaggeration, right? It might have been way less. I don't know how he bargained with um, the people who was doing the work, but I would say maybe like an extra eight grand, ten grand just to be safe. So if we're talking already about 10% on the home, right? 10% as in like, oh, like closing the home, doing this and doing that. We might have to ramp that up to 13% because it looks like, <laughs> you know, you might need an extra $10,000 to do extra work afterwards, right? So for somebody buying an old home that might need work, they might need to have 12% ready or 13% ready to get the home. Right. As opposed to somebody who's buying a new fresh off the lot home who might only need that, you know, 10 percent or 9 percent that we were discussing. Um, and then, you know, once the loan officer, the mortgage officer gives you the real number of what you need at closing, then you can sort of like see where you actually stand when it comes to um, how much money you actually need and, you know, how much more money you're going to have to save from work or whatever the case may be, how much assets you have to liquidate to be able to make that amount. But I would say 10% is a safe ballpark for a new home and then a home that needs a little bit of work because what I said a second ago was no real structural work, right? It was all kind of like 
inside maintenance like painting carpet like little stuff like that 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 was like an extra like i said like eight to ten grand right so when you're looking at all these prices and all these numbers something to think about as well is okay if this is what it takes for me to get a used home if i have to spend extra money maybe i can get a new like let me balance the books for example if i can get a three hundred thousand dollar home that needs all this extra work right, that I'm going to have to pay for out of pocket outside of the actual home buying process, right, because the person who's going to sign off the title to, of the home to me is going to be like good riddance, and I'm going to have to have all that work to do on myself for home maintenance, let's say on a $300,000 property, right, somebody else might say, oh, well, I might just spend more money for, you know, spend 400000 on a new home and just not have to do any work for it, and ultimately, it might balance out to the same amount, it might be $40,000 for a three hundred thousand fixer upper, or thirty thousand dollars, or you know forty thousand dollars for just like a four hundred thousand dollar new home, so you know you can do your own cost analysis on okay, is it better for me to buy a home and put the work in myself, or is it better for me to just buy a home that's already new and already done, right? The case might be for you to buy a home that's already new and already done because you want all the extra costs associated with fixing the home to be a part of your mortgage. But some people who might be cash heavy might be like, oh, I can get a cheaper home. The mortgage won't hurt me that bad. And I can use the extra money that I have saved on the side just to fix everything I need to fix. So it's a balancing act. And honestly, you know, it's one of those things where it's going to be preference based. Like some people are going to want a new home. Some people are going to want something that they can get a deal on and they can just fix up. So it's going to depend. Um, but yeah, this is Home Buying 101 in a nutshell. There was the part one. There was a part two. I hope that it was very informative. I know I ran through a lot and I talked really fast, but I just had a whole lot of information that I wanted to get to you all. So, you know, if you have to slow down the uh, audio, um, you could definitely do that on, you know, Apple, Spotify, all different platforms. You could slow down the audio. And if I wasn't talking fast enough, you can also speed it up. So please feel free to do whatever it is that you need to do. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I have to say. Um, when it comes to the stock market, I know last episode, I talked about how September and October were very difficult months, um, in the market and it proved so the S and P, uh, 500 dropped. I think it was anywhere between eight to 11%. Um, and it actually hit that, um, when it dropped down to that eight to 11%, it was, it, it, it hit that 8 to 11%, then it came back up, and it went back down to 8 to 11 then it came back up, and it went back down to 8, 8 to 11 on three or four different occasions within uh, October. So, that gives you a perspective. Like I said, this, is, this would have been the moment for you to figure out your entry points and for you to get really good entries on places to buy your stocks if you, were wanted, if you try to get into the stock market. And then, you know... If I check, um, you know, the S&P 500 right now, right, almost 24 days into October, almost into November, we're back at all-time highs, right? So uh, September and October were bad months, and now November is about to be all-time high. You see how crazy the stock market is? And this is why you have to understand and research it in order to get into it. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why everybody's 401ks and retirements are tied to this market. There's a reason why when the housing market crashed, so did the stock market. Like these are the stock market is, is like the, the heartbeat almost of a capitalistic society. It's almost the heartbeat of it, of the economy of a capitalistic society. So just keep that in mind 
right? You know, I know people are going to say, oh, but what about jobs? Oh, what about inflation? Oh, what about the banks? Okay, I hear you. But the stock market is truly, is truly the heartbeat. So, you know, definitely you should use that to, um, you should use a, a good understanding of it to get your entries and you should get into good companies that give you good returns. Please don't get in any FOMO. Please don't get in any nonsense. Got to make sure that you get into good plays. And, um, you know, even using the word play sometimes is a little outdated because if you say get into, somebody get into a play, kind of sounds like they're, they're treating this as a game. I mean, this is more than a game. This is a, this is wealth. This is um freedom. You know, we're in it not as a game. We're in it because we really want that, um, you know, that FU money, that ability to be able to take care of our loved ones and to be able to do what we want with our time, right? Because what the wealthy acquire actually is time. Money is a means to an end, right? So we got to treat it that way. Thank you all for listening to the Hustle Class Podcast. It has been another great episode. If you have any feedback, please email hustleclass at gmu. Uh, hustleclass at gmail.com. My apologies. All right. I love y'all. Shout out to everybody from all across the world. And we'll be back. See ya.